Welcome to the Garden of Belonging, a podcast exploring the things that help us belong to ourselves and the things that get in our way. I'm your host, Kim K. Gray, a life coach for good girls and people pleasers, dedicated to helping them know, trust, and courageously share their voices. In this podcast, we will explore topics such as self-knowledge, self-trust, self-acceptance, and self-expression. The world needs our unique gifts. It's time we connect with our inner voice and show up fully as ourselves. Today, I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Jill Anderson. And as I read her bio, you'll get a chance to feel the energy that she brings. So Jill is an expectations exterminator and empowerment coach. She's a foodie, doting auntie, and nature-loving traveler. Through coaching, speaking, and writing, Jill helps women who feel stuck and overwhelmed in their careers or relationships to ditch expectations. She helps them reconnect to their inner compass, awaken to their sources of joy, and empower themselves to grab life by the hashtag amazeballs and live it their way. Jill's a graduate of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, has a BS in food science, an MBA, more than a few job changes, a divorce, and a hell of a lot of perspective. She loves doing the work she is meant to do, helping women step into their truths, reclaim their power, and kick ass with zero apologies. Welcome, Jill. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah. Could you start by telling a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about? Absolutely. So I am Jill Anderson. I live in Des Moines, Iowa, which is exciting because you live in Seattle, which is so cool that we can do this. Um, I am a coach who coaches around expectations and shoulds, as I like to call them. So um, just getting women to kind of reclaim their choices in life and just knowing that you know, the expectations that have been set for us or that I feel we are raised with very often um, can be kind of pushed aside and that they can kind of reconnect with their inner compass and really, you know, tune into their intuition for making their choices and decisions about their lives and where they want to take it. So, so that's in a nutshell, a really little nutshell, kind of um, what I do and the, the topics that I coach around. So. That's awesome. When I saw your bio and you said, I'm an expectation exterminator, I was like, that is amazing. I feel like I'm like my Ghostbusters pack out somewhere, you know, like, but it's kind of how I feel. And I think we'll talk about that a lot today, kind of Mm -hmm. how that came to be my, my focus. So, yeah. yeah. So cool. All right. So this whole series is about self-trust. So what does self-trust mean to you and how has it affected your life? Self-trust is something I can honestly say I didn't have until my mid-30s, and I'm coasting down the late 30s right now, so not very long. Um, I think for me, it, it really comes down to reconnecting with my intuition, my inner voice. I call it my inner compass, just being able to discern just within myself what I know feels right and really just having that conversation with myself about what the what a good decision is for me so I was absolutely the person who would farm out every question every concern I had to my sisters my family my friends they're like what do you think what do you think because as a pleaser 
that also kind of factors into those sorts of things. So I was great at asking others and then using my mind to sort through everything and make decisions. Um, and then I realized I ended up in a life that I wasn't happy in and knowing deep down that I had potential for a lot more. And so just like shutting up my own mind long enough to really listen to that voice. And then as I started listening to it more and more, I started to feel much more just calm and content with my choices and where I was going with my life. So, um, so through that process, you know, it's, it's too, just being an adult, like I can do whatever I want. Like I'm an adult. Like I, you know what I mean? I think that's some of it too. Like I was still yeah. kind of very much in that dependency mindset of mm -hmm. relying on those I know and trust to help guide me instead of knowing that I had everything inside me already to do it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of how it starts. So really just the creating that relationship and connection with your intuition for me is kind of where self-trust really, that's what that means, at least in my, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, sorry, I'm going off script here. How do you, um, how did you find the best way was for you to connect with that, to do that listening and to connect with that inner voice. Like what were the, the tools that you used? It was yelling at me, so I couldn't ignore it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, and it was so uncomfortable. Like I was married for like a year and a half and I, like my life was just, I mean, I just was thinking, this is so wrong on so many levels. Like, I just, I didn't feel, everything about it felt wrong. And then, and then once I started seeing things as they were, and like, I ended up with some gumption in there that just surfaced and helped me get through and break through that and being like, this is not happy. I know there's more to my life. Like, I, I deserve to be happy how I see happy to be. So, and then from there, like, I don't know where the guts came from to, to do that and to move forward. I mean, I was raised very, um, you know, very Midwest traditional, like, you don't get divorced, you don't do all that stuff, you know, and, and fortunately I had a supportive family, but it was very scary to go to them and say, look, this is not for me, this is not right. And so I, I think it was just, it was like eating at me from the inside. So there was no way that I could ignore it anymore. And I think through that, you know, just like anything, you're in a car crash and you're kind of fighting for survival. I think that was kind of in, in my inner self, what that felt like. Yeah. So, so just knowing I couldn't ignore it anymore mm -hmm. was how I just started at it. And then, and then once I realized, okay, all these things I made up in my head about being afraid of what my family would think or afraid of what other people would think, I realized that like, they just, for most people, especially, at least for me, they were very loving and supportive and they wanted me to be happy. And so they were very um, challenging at times, of course, like <laughs> it wasn't some like fun little sleigh ride going you right. know, down divorce drive, but, but it was, um, I think I just gained confidence in that process of knowing that I was making the choices that were best for me. And so it just was like a natural progression of putting one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and choosing myself before choosing others and really just having that moment with myself of how do I feel about it like I can still ask other people how they feel about it but making sure that I ask myself hmm. 
first and last before those decisions were made that where does that align and knowing that it I am my own driver here you know like it it's up to me like if I'm not happy then it's up to me to do something to change that and so just step by step piece by piece like even if I lost my footing like you just hurt somehow you find the will to keep going and and it has I would do it again in a heartbeat I would yeah. go through it all again because it's been worth every every difficulty and every hardship to know that I'm living how I want to yeah oh, yeah beautiful and I love that idea of just like continuing over and over again to choose yourself first Mm-hmm. because it's not you know it's not like you know, I think about resolutions and how we're like, I'm going to work out every day, <laughs> every day, you know, and it's so overwhelming. But in that, in that moment, like you're forced to just focus on what's going on in front of you because you don't have the wherewithal or um, you're just kind of in the crap. So you really just have to do crisis management in that moment. And so it was just a training ground for that. Mm. You know, I, I almost didn't feel like it was a choice to make the choice. Yeah. Like it was really something that, and and then as another challenge got put in my path, I was just like, all right, okay. Yeah. I've gotten through this hard stuff. I can do it again, you know, and then it's just small bites, small steps the whole time. But it, it's funny because you don't see that at the mo in the moment. You right. just, you're getting through it. Like now that I'm on the other side, I can, you can see it so, clearer. Yeah have that hindsight to see it as a beautiful transition but in the moment it didn't feel like it yeah yeah it's funny how like sometimes that like still small voice if we don't listen to it becomes like a screaming voice that you just can't ignore. yeah but i also feel too that it can scream and scream at you and then it can be like all right well you're not listening so yeah. i'm moving on and then you're and then you really have made that hard choice like you can suffocate that voice. There's no question yeah. about it. But I think too, that's the moment of truth for a lot of, of people and, and knowing, I think radical trust involves a lot of choice, mm. a lot of choice, because mm -hmm. as much as you can say no, you know, it's realizing where you're saying no and where you're saying yes and knowing how you're choosing. Even if you feel like I don't have a choice, you have a choice. So yeah. I think recognizing that too as part of the process is that you always have a choice. Yeah, there's a lot of discernment there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So how do you balance the voices of the experts <laughs> with your own inner voice? Um, I think it with it, I'm going to sound like such an old person right now, the age <laughs> of the internet. Um, like for for me it was my parents were the experts growing up um so you know for me it was they were my experts they were my fallback and then as i was getting older um then we're flooded with all this information of experts in everything right like you know health wellness like what to eat what not to eat you know all these different things that apply and i think it's seeing all of that and realizing that there are not every one thing, not everything out there, every expert thing applies to everyone. Like it's not mm. a blanket thing. So yeah. I think realizing that 
no one knows you better than you know yourself. I think people can reflect things back to you that maybe you don't see. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows you. Nobody hears that voice you hear. Nobody feels that feeling you have in your, I call it between like my heart and my stomach. It's like there's like this sternum spot right in the middle. Like if one of them is off, I know it. Mm. And it's, but no one else can feel that. No one else yeah. can hear that. And so that it always goes back to within. Like it really all comes back to self. Because you're, that's, what, that's my, kind of my mantra. The answers are always within. Yeah. You just have to shut up long enough to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, like your choices affect other people. I don't mean that you can just, you know, go through life and just whatever works for me, whatever works for me. You know, that that's not how we live because we are a social, mm -hmm. you know, being and we live in families and units and friend communities. And so, but just knowing with those hard choices, like what you're willing to stand for, what you're not, um, and just keeping that connection very healthy within yourself and very alive is, and just, again, knowing you have choices, ask yourself those questions mm -hmm. and sit with it. And so that's why I try to just not put all of my eggs in someone else's basket, right? Like, mm. yeah, don't give them that power. It's about holding your own power and knowing ultimately that, yeah, this is my choice my decision and it's a process right like yeah experts are great like they have lots of great information but you can pick one from here pick one from here you know and 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 make your own um you know salad of good stuff <laughs> that works for you right yeah yeah and i think Is sometimes yeah yeah and i think sometimes also like those those experts aren't necessarily experts <laughs> of course <laughs> right like right they seem like experts but do yeah they really know yeah and then there's conflicting information you know absolutely you know Which and so, so related to, to that is the next question around um like science and research like science and research in this this day and age is is big in these like things that uh -huh. tell us the right way right well science yes. says that you need to eat blah 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 Right. Um, how does self-trust fit in with that? And you have a food background too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm a food scientist. So I'm like a nerd totally. And, and my, my husband is very, he's in this stage of life where he's, he's a, a little bit older than I am. And so he's into like gripping and hanging on to his youth, like for everything. And he's, he's, he wants to be fit. He wants to be healthy. So he, that's all he reads so much research and it's so interesting to talk to him about that. Mm. Um, and, and watch that distilling process of what he hears and then, you know, kind of funneling down into what actually gets put into practice. Yeah. I think um, it is, I think there's a something about stretching yourself and learning and I think not just taking everything you hear as truth mm, as much yeah. as we would love to just be like give me the answers awesome so and so doctor said i should do this okay great you know um i so i think that it can be discouraging to feel like there is not one single answer um but i think it's asking as a scientist like asking good questions like how many people 
were, you know, part of this study that mm. they did, right? Um, I learned in graduate school, um, I also have a business degree, just how, like, and I'm with politics, we can see now very clearly how swayed the media is, right? So it's, it's being very, you know, I don't want to say skeptical from the get-go about like what they feed you for information, but I think it's just being a responsible human and just really like, if you're really intrigued by something, do a little digging on it and, you know, take that information in an objective way and see how that can apply to you. But I think to just be, be very like blind and accepting of everything is very, um, very, a little dangerous, but that's how, you know, it, it rolls right into how you make decisions in your life, right? Like some expert talking about a diet or a wellness thing or whatever is no different than you putting all of your faith and trust in, in your parents to, to make the right decisions for you or, or whatever that is. So I think the concept is very parallel. Mm-hmm, yeah. And just really thinking about it, taking some time to like chew on it and how do I feel about it and, and really being a creating the awareness of what you feel and how you think about it and i think that's distilling it within yourself like you know what you know how you feel or what kind of is making sense for you like all right okay i know how i feel about that but giving yourself the time to go through that process i think is where Mm -hmm. the trust part comes in and knowing that like this is a distillation system right here right like it just has to you have to give it the chance to go through that and I think in a very in an instant gratification society that we have like we want to just be like yep done okay click 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 on to the next yeah. on to the next but you you just have to you have to let yourself go through that process of curiosity and awareness and understanding and and discomfort mm-hmm. which yeah I like that curiosity so that's a big a big thing of mine and I think it's so easy because we get so much information coming in to even like take the time to to, to be curious and ask the questions you know I've caught myself a couple times just like something comes in and I'm like oh yeah and I share it and I don't even yes dig through and get curious about like what is the background how many people are in this study you know whatever like ask really asking those questions about how accurate is this data or is it media spin like is it clickbait right i know know. and it's annoying because it's like you know they've gotten so great like i think marketing is very fascinating but (laughs) we've gotten so good at just knowing exactly what works you know down to where products are placed in the grocery store what's going to get kids sucked in like what words really you know like resonate with people that's a science I know and an art and they're great at it so I you know I don't I don't like feeling like you have to go through this life completely skeptical all the time yeah but I think it's just having the awareness of you know taking that with a grain of salt and just challenging yourself to be curious Yeah. And I like how you keep bringing it back to like feeling it in your body. Cause I think Mm -hmm. there is that, and that can be such an easy check-in, right? Like you just stop, pause, take a breath and like, does this feel right? Right. And true and good. And yeah. Or am I pushing too hard? Like I've had those things where, oh, it totally aligns and makes sense. It's like my first husband did or however (laughs) many. Yeah. Like your mind is not the ruler of your, is not the guide. I think we have been raised 
Western culture to be very like, everything comes from here. Like, trust this, trust this. And your mind is great for helping you with logistics and figuring things out. But when it comes to really like that big moment of truth, like it comes from the gut. It, mm -hmm. That's how, that's, yeah. They thought I had an ulcer when I was 12 and it was anxiety. Like mm. I was psychosomatic with yeah. like, they, like I wouldn't eat. I wasn't like, my stomach was just upset all the time and it was anxiety. And it was just that, you know, it was feeling, it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, it, yeah, it wasn't that I was, oh, you got an ulcer. No, there was a cause for that, you know, yeah. and so I think, don't ignore those things. I think our understanding too, that the, the money, body, mind connection yeah. is very, very true, very true and pure and complex all at the same time. But yeah they're not independent of one another. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I think about radical self-trust, I think about going against the grain. Yes. So was there a time when you went against the grain, trusted your own instinct with positive results? And how yes. did you handle the naysayers? <laughs> <laughs> Getting divorced. Yes. And I don't, it, it, it's not meant to be a glorifying experience. Like it's, I right. don't, I don't mean to make it sound small because it was very, very big, but that was the turning point for me. Um, and truly trusting what I knew was right for me. And, and I think for something that I knew and was raised to be seen as like completely permanent, mm -hmm. how I had viewed that, um, and again, don't, I don't want people to misunderstand that I don't feel that way about marriage. It was just yeah. highlighting the point that there is still a, a sense of freedom to, to correct and redirect your life and to re, yeah, I think recorrect or, you know, I can't find my right word, but to just, you know, adjust your path a little bit when it, when it isn't right. And I think um, that felt radical hugely mm. radical to me especially only being married for like a year and a half like there was so much around you know just feeling shame so much yeah. about getting like not only how did I get myself into this but like do I need to send all my wedding gifts back like I feel horrible mm. you know like all of these things just of like just overwhelming like what the hell am I gonna do but that I knew that was the only way for me to go if I wanted to be truly happy and to really have a human experience that was meaningful and true to my purpose and true for me to feel that happiness. Like I knew that that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. So um, again, luckily I had very supportive people, but I really had to try to connect with them and just like, this is how I know. I just said, I know that I'm not meant to be miserable. Like I know that my life means more than that. And that, you know, it's that deep down this is the right decision for me. And it, and I can see how I got here. Mm -hmm. I see how I got here mm -hmm. and, and knowing that I know when you know better, you do better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My Angelo and Oprah talk about that a lot. Like when you know better, you do better. And I, you know, we're not, when we're young too, at, at any point in your life, like as long as you're learning, like there's, there's going to be stumbles and we're not perfect people. We're, we're not perfect beings. There's no such thing. So I think being okay with making mistakes mm -hmm. and just 
knowing that if you're, if you're very, like, if you know that that's the right decision for you, like, as long as you have that to fall back on and, and you've got your own back that way, like, there's just, there's a, there's a strength that comes from that that you can't really describe. Mm-hmm. I feel like that conviction is very, very strong. And somehow you find the confidence and the, and the, and the gumption mm-hmm. to do what you know is best for you. I think that's where the courage comes from because it's not an easy yeah. thing. You're going to get hit with naysayers like you're going through the car wash. I mean, they're going to be coming <laughs> at you from every, every angle all the time, but you, you know, having that solid footing within yourself is kind of how you get, how I got through that. Cause it was mm-hmm. hard. It was hard, but I think knowing and expecting that there will be difficulty and discomfort and mm-hmm. that that's just part of it. Yeah. You're not going to get through it unscathed, but you're, you don't want to be either because no way in heck would I be doing this if, if I, if it was just a, like if there was no challenge or no difficulty there, there's no growth. Right. Right. So I think welcoming the growth mm-hmm. too. And just that it's your own life. Like you have a spirit and a soul that, you know, like is your own and, and, and it's up to you how you choose to use and, and, and go forth with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what practices and support structures do you have in place for trusting yourself? Oh, I, meditate quite my brain is very busy Mm. so I try to quiet that down as much as I can I feel like that's um important for me and as odd as this sounds staying connected with the people I care about helps a lot like Mm. just get kind of a lot it allows me to get out of my head more like I feel like for me that staying connected is is hard because my mind starts to run rampant a lot um but yeah it's giving giving myself the time to just kind of enjoy myself around other people I love being in nature too even if it's just like spending time on my deck every morning and just having a little quiet time it makes me it helps put in perspective my place in the world like that the world doesn't revolve around me that I'm just a little <laughs> speck on it. Right. Like, and the things that I, I feel are, are big and huge and overwhelming, like very likely other people are dealing with same and or bigger things. And it just kind of helps put things in perspective for me. So, um, but yeah, I think I've that connection to my intuition has been repaired pretty well that, like I just that it's I've rewired myself and reprogrammed enough to like get to where now like I ask myself first like I tune in first and I take a step back if if you know somebody's firing a lot of advice at me like I I just really have gotten pretty conditioned now or reprogrammed well enough to take that step back and to make sure that I'm checking in with myself that um, you know that I'm kind of surveying the collective contribution to the decision-making process if that just kind of happens. I don't seek that out as much anymore as I used to. I can absolutely tell you that, um, that my, I used to be a a polling expert of (laughs) of sorts. And so I've pulled back on that a lot and 
it has helped immensely. So that almost how I know how I feel about something before then I discuss it with someone else or the manner in which I discuss it is more of a, hey, this is what I'm up to instead of a, what do you think about this? Like, should I do this? Which was kind of my uh, repertoire before. So, so trying to, you know, get out of my head a bit, reconnect with nature and kind of finding my place in this universe and just having that moment of, of knowing that, yeah, this is all bigger than me and just really starting everything within first and just changing my mindset around how I go through that process. That's been the biggest kicker for me. Yeah. I like that of starting with, okay, first, what do I think before yes. you even reach out? Yes. Because yeah. that, that influence happens so subliminally or subconsciously that like, before you know it, like I'm doing exactly what so-and-so said I should like, just because that feels yeah. comfortable. And I know that there's that validation there. So before I let myself step into that, it's like stopping. And it, and it sounds like a big process, but I've just, I've gotten to where like, that's how I think about things now. Like it's, 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 I've done it enough, but that has become my default versus asking someone else first. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Ask yourself first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on self-trust that we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure were said? I think there's a distinct difference between self-trust and confidence. Mm, tell me more. I think, I think they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, but you can execute a perfect plan that doesn't align with you with confidence, but having that confidence doesn't necessarily mean that what you're doing is what you know inside is right. So I think we're great at the facade of confidence and playing the part and showing up in a way that looks like this is me and this is what I want and this is what I do. Um, but that vulnerability piece, that connects the self-trust and the confidence is I think something that we miss a lot or that there's a really big gap because we define ourselves a lot by our careers or, you know, whatever the expectations, right? Like we can be living that out confidently and look like everything is perfect. Everything is great. Um, but trusting that that's, really what you want or like diving deeper into that vulnerability and, and what is true to you, I think is, is where the radical trust part comes in and like having the courage to get through, you know, kind of writing that and reprogramming that. Does that make sense? Yeah. That no, that totally makes sense. I love that. And I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, but I think your confidence, obviously grows with your conviction when it, when you really have that connection because you're living truer. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that the confidence that you have with radical self-trust is, is next echelon, next <laughs> level than, you know, doing, cause of course there's confidence and reinforcement and living the way everyone else thinks you should be or how everyone else is living. Like, that's great. Like you can, that feeds you for a really long time, but that, the true pure happiness piece is only accomplished when you have that radical self-trust because it, it, I, and I guess I just don't feel that it exists truly without, without right. that. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Jill, for taking the time to talk with me. This is fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining me in the Garden of Belonging. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss any others. And if you leave a review, it really helps it reach and support more people. If you'd like to explore these topics more deeply, join me in the Garden of Belonging community. There's a link in the show notes for more information about that. Until next time, take care of you. Music in this episode by Dan O. Songs.